Big Rap Show podcast is kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. They are the champion's choice, with many bands around the world playing G1 products, providing everything you'd need to hit the circle or the big stage. So check out G1Reads.com as they keep the lights on here at the Big Rab Show podcast. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to another Big Rab Show podcast. <laughs> yeah, another week has rolled around in the bagpiping world, and you guessed it. It's time for another Rab Show podcast, where we're going to update you as best we can on everything happening in the piping world. But, yeah, th- there's a lot, okay? There's a lot happening in the piping world, so we're going to do what we can to get through it. Plus, we have quite an amazing topic of the week this week. So, the title of this week's episode kind of gives it away. Uh, but, yeah, stick with us. We've got a lot to get covered this week. Episode 357. Boys, I don't know, we're flying now at this point. Over 350 plus episodes. That's nuts. There you go. Right. Let's get into the introductions then. First of all, if this is your first ever Big Rab Show podcast, then you are welcome. We are the show for the bagpiping folk, reflecting everything in the bagpiping world, be it Celtic music, folk music, or indeed our bread and butter, competitive piping and drumming. Each and every week we're here talking about what we know and love to be the music of the great Highland bagpipe and its people. And yes, like every other podcast out there, we do have a Patreon. So... If you would like to, you don't have to, but if you'd like to, you can go over there, click on support, and get your hands on loads of extra stuff. Now, there's loads, way too many for me to even start listing here. Yeah, you're all going to be scuttered with me reading the list, but trust me, there's a wealth of stuff over there on Patreon. Uh, so, yeah, for your click of support, you get your hands on all of it. And, hey, why not treat yourself? It's the holidays coming up shortly, you know? So, yeah, that could be a possible Christmas gift to yourself. You know, click on support, help support your wee favourite piping pod, but also get your mitts and all that extra stuff. Yeah, there you go. All right, so, Patreon plugged, introduction done. Let's get into the beginning of the show. With each and every week, we like to open the doors to our listener mail. And this week's no different. Our email address is bigrabshow at gmail.com. That address again, bigrabshow at gmail.com. Now, For those of you that managed to listen to last week's episode, uh, where obviously it was quite a huge episode for us, we were announcing the winners of the Big Rab Show Awards. Very exciting stuff. And uh, yeah, I have to say again, thank you to everyone who reached out. And uh, yeah, we got tons of emails on that saying that it was a lot of fun. And congratulations to our winners. We We also got some hate mail as well to say, oh, they, these guys should have won. Oh, this band should have won. That product should have won. This, you know, concert should have won. Whatever. We got so many emails on all of the categories, not just one of those that I just mentioned. But, yeah, we got a lot of emails from folk who were really angry that people didn't win. And uh, our answer to each one of those emails, we did answer every one of them. Uh, <laughs> took some time. But we did. We emailed everybody back and we asked, did you vote for them? Yeah, the public vote was open for like two and a half weeks. It was plenty of time. And so, yeah, we did ask all of those people who complained, saying, oh, why didn't this thing win? Why didn't that win? Yeah, did you vote for them? And to date, out of all of the emails sent, we've got zero responses. So that kind of tells me something there, doesn't it? Yeah, so to everyone who took time to email us to complain about the Big Rab Show Awards that certain things didn't win, uh, well, hey, there's always next year. 
you know, and that, that's just the beauty of the Big Rab Show Awards. It does run all on public interaction. So if you do want your favorite band, product, beard, concert, bass drum, whatever it is, <laughs> if you do want your favorite to win, you must vote for them. Every single vote counts, especially in some of the categories this year. But really, the difference between winning the prize and not winning anything was like one or two different votes in some categories. So, yeah. But, yeah, shout out to all of those people who seen fit to spend time to email us. Thank you. Uh, we got a lot of great positive emails as well, so thank you, everyone, for that. Uh, but for those who were complaining, then, hi, I guess there's always next year. You never know. All right. Let's get into some other listener mail following last week's uh, podcast. And I did mention that uh, we would get some emails on this. And it was talking about Rab's rants. <laughs> oh, I knew I was going to get some correspondence on this. I just knew it. Uh, well, number one, we got tons of messages from people saying, yeah, we've been contacted by these folks and they're offering us kilts and ski and do's and you know, all of, you know, all of the paraphernalia, the Highland wear, and uh, asking us to buy from them. So, yeah, apparently we are not alone here on the Big Rab Show and being contacted by these people offering services through social media uh, to purchase Highland wear products or instruments. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're interested in what that Rab's rant was, go back and listen to it last week. Quite hilarious now that I'm listening back to it, wondering just how was I so annoyed about it. Um, but it seems to be commonplace now in the piping worlds because we did get a wealth of email. Uh, shout out to uh, Seamus, Seamus Clark, who emailed us in saying, Hi Rab, Seamus here from New York in the United States. I gotta say I loved Rab's rant. You! Good stuff, Seamus. Uh, especially about the overreaching sales techniques from the Pakistan Highland Wear and Bagpipe Makers. Yeah, that's one of the things that I was kind of mentioning here, is that once I'd said, no thanks, not in the market, uh, they, would, they would keep going then. You know, so, well, you know, you know, these jackets are waterproof. That's okay, I don't need a jacket. Oh, but they're made from tweed. Tweed is class, isn't it? So, no, I don't need a jacket, thank you. And um, we'll just keep going. Uh, so, yeah, Seamus' email continues. He says, not only do a majority of uh, these things are Facebook scams and, you know, they're advertised in buy and sell trade groups from either your local town or for, you know, bagpipe related things, you know, and they also have the possibility of duping, you know, people who may not be fully aware and, you know, like new students or prospective prospective learners uh you know saying hey buy your first set of bagpipes only 50 bucks and then people go out and actually buy these things and uh so yeah they turn up to practice with what they think is a great set of bagpipes and it turn out to be not so great uh, he goes on to t- say in his email here i am paraphrasing a bit he says matt willis does a fantastic video of trying to make a set of pakistan bagpipes playable and i must say that uh he, he was more than patient on this topic so yeah i have to say i've watched that video now uh following uh rab's rant last week i did get the link sent to me and i did watch matt's video and to be fair he tried everything possible <laughs> he tried so many different variation of reads uh, it was crazy the amount of work that he went through uh but yeah go and check that out shameless plug for matt willis but absolutely go and check out that video so thank you to those who sent me the link for that very enjoyable it was an interesting experiment you know so, uh, yeah, <laughs> He's, he goes on to finish his email saying, Love your show. It's the first thing on in the patrol car on Sunday mornings, and I'm excited to see what comes next on Rab's rant. I know, me too, Seamus. And, hi, good morning on Sunday morning if you're listening to me right now, Seamus. There you go. Uh, so, I don't know. It's one of those things. These uh, 
online companies from Pakistan and India who do specialize in Highland wear and making bagpipes and instruments and stuff. Yeah, I have not had personal experience buying these myself, so I can't really talk about the quality of them. But I have watched now Matt Willis's uh, video of trying to make a set of uh, Pakistan bagpipes work. And it did seem to be incredibly difficult for him. So not for the absolute beginner, I have to say. We got another email here from Gavin. He says, Dear Rab, I love listening to your show in Seattle, where I play pipes in the Elliott Bay Pipe Band. Oh, there you go. Shout out to Elliott Bay. Good stuff. He says, uh, your rant today was great. <laughs> Good. Uh, but the name Rab the Ranter is already taken. Oh, it's apparently a long time ago. Check out the song and pipe tune called Maggie, Maggie Lauder. Maggie Lauder. That does sound familiar, actually. Yeah, so there you go. If the title's already been taken, fair enough. There you go. On the other hand, maybe it's about time to revive the name. Oh, we go. Yeah, possibly. Uh, thanks for your work and enthusiasm, Gavin. No problem, Gavin. Thanks for getting in touch. Uh, so, yeah, we did get quite a number of emails, uh, pretty much on the same kind of irk, but no shout-outs for bands and stuff. Uh, basically tell me that they loved Rab's rant and that we should definitely bring it back to a future show. So, absolutely. You know, if I get really annoyed about something in future... I'm just going to unleash it here on the pod. All right, warts and all, completely unedited like I did last week. And, you know, I put it up last week and I was a bit worried about it, actually thinking, God, I think I might have overstepped the mark there a bit, you know. I kind of just let it fly. (laughs) But it was good, though. Yeah, you folks out there really seem to love it. So if you didn't catch it, it's on last week's episode. It's at the very beginning. Uh, you know, we have a fantastic interview with Reed Maxwell and Grant Maxwell as well. We find out all about their new book. And then we have Rab's Rant. And then we get into the fun stuff with the Rab Show Awards. So go and have a listen to last week's pod. It's quite fun. All right. So that's it for listener mail. Quite a lot this week. Uh, but if you have your own listener mail, then you can always send them in to us. Yeah. BigRabShow at gmail.com. That address again. BigRabShow at gmail.com. There you go. All right, so you might have guessed it's that time of the week again. It's time for Word of the Week. It's time for Word of the Week here on the Big Rabsha Podcast. Dates. <laughs> yes. This week's word of the week is dates. Now, you might be wondering, what? Um, Well, it's normally around this time of year that we would be starting to make travel arrangements for this incoming season. All of us on the Big Rab Show team will be furiously looking at the dates in the calendar and we've been making, you know, hotel bookings, plane journeys, bus, taxi, all that sort of stuff. We would be in the process of booking our travel for all of the competitions for this incoming season. However, there doesn't appear to be too many dates in the calendar at the moment, does there? Yeah, that's been a bit of a topic on a recent Pipes Drums article, and we'll talk about that and what's the crack. Uh, I'm sure it'll be quite a heavily, uh, yeah, a bit of a heavy topic to get into. Uh, But yeah, dates, there doesn't appear to be too many dates in the calendar yet. All right, now ourselves in the Big Rab Show, as you said, we do have our email address, but we've been getting tons of questions from people in the scene, both locally here in Northern Ireland, but also across the UK, uh, asking us about next season, what, you know, when is the, when's the world's, when's the Scottish, when's the UK's, when's the Euro's, when, all of these dates, we don't know. 
All right. We don't know. <laughs> they have not been officially published. I think we have seen an official announcement about the dates for the World Championships. I think that's the only one that's only really set in stone. We do have it in good authority that there is one other major championship that is also set in stone that has been agreed. And that is mentioned in the Pipes Drums article. We'll mention it later on in the show. Uh, but as far as kind of an official announcement or a publication of those dates, that has yet to happen. Our advice here on the Big Rab Show team... That whenever you're looking at dates and everything and future championships coming up, please do not book any travel arrangements until we have it confirmed from RSPBA themselves. Until they have it published in black and white on their website to say, right, on this date, that's when we're heading to the grass. All right? Yeah, because ourselves in the Big Rab Show, we are just like you guys. We are really anxious. We are really wanting to start book our travel booking hotels which sometimes can be an absolute nightmare and uh flights transfers all of the logistics that goes with it absolutely we know can be an absolute nightmare especially when transporting a pipe band it's bad enough transporting us when you know there's only one or two of us three or four of us depending on the competition uh, so you know we all make our own travel arrangements but you know we want to make them but imagine booking for a band of like 40, 50 people, you know, that's a huge undertaking. So the sooner we can get these dates in the calendar, the better. But uh, that's inspired this week's word of the week right there, dates. And uh, there doesn't appear to be too many of them. And we'll get into that, of course, in this week's news and updates. Hmm. All right. <laughs> Okay, I think I've uh, poked the bear on that one. Time to run away. Uh, Let's move on. It's time. Well, yeah, where's JD? JD! Rescue me. It's time for Weekly Drone. (laughs) It's the Weekly Drone. Mass bands at the majors. I think it was 2017. I sat in the stands at the Worlds, watching bands enter mass bands for prize giving. I can remember it took nearly three hours. Not much has improved since then for speeding mass bands up. Dumbarton 2023 took an age. And there are complaints about people walking off mass bands for the toilet or being too drunk? No wonder. Anyway. What I was thinking could be a solution for major competitions only, just after, for example, grade 4A have completed. How long does it take the judges to work out the top six? 15 minutes? And in the arena where the bands have played, so everyone knows what grade is being announced, they could invite just the top six bands to mass bands. No one knows the results yet. These six bands just know they are in the prize list. By doing this for all grades, except grade two and one, who are typically well-behaved in mass bands, we should be able to get through the prize giving quicker. Bands that didn't get their names called out can go home if they wish, but they do not enter mass bands. Winners only on the field where the positions are announced to one and all. The winning mass bands must understand, as a winning band, they are on their best behavior, and must stay at attention right to the end. But with fewer bands, this surely would not be an issue. Mass bands over and done with, 20 minutes. I'm sure the center bands that must play for ages will be pleased with this solution. 
I know the public want the spectacle of mass bands, but waiting around for hours is ruining the day for everyone. Faster, smoother, and only the best bands on the day are at mass bands. Your thoughts, please. Hmm, some interesting ideas there. I uh, haven't heard that suggestion yet. That's an interesting one. Prize winners only in the March past. Um, I don't know if I'm completely for that, if I'm honest. It does seem a little bit exclusionary and kind of cuts out everybody else that may well have equally have worked just as hard or traveled just as far. And uh, just, you know, to get a tap on the shoulder saying, by the way, you aren't doing the March past. That'd be horrible. And I, I dare say there'll be a lot of complaints because <clears throat> you mentioned there the spectacle and everything. The March past does attract you know, it's, it's uh, cameras, <laughs> basically. It's a huge spectacle. You mentioned it there. And that's definitely something that, you know, the Pipe Band Association, be it a local branch or be it headquarters when they're throwing a huge major, this is absolutely a stellar opportunity for the press to take photographs of bands marching in and, you know, 20, 50, you know, 100 odd bands in one place at one time. It's a huge spectacle. And to build that spectacle does take time. Now, I do know for bands that if they were to get that tap on the shoulder to say, here, you guys are picking up a prize today, you're doing the March Pass. Absolutely. Yes, you did mention that they would be well behaved because then they would have guaranteed that they're walking out of there with a trophy. Yeah, I do get that argument. And yes, it would take a lot less time because you're talking six bands in each grade. That will easily be done within 20 minutes, half an hour. Yeah, I get that. And it's a fair argument, I guess. But whether I'd be absolutely all for it, no, I'm not convinced. Um, yeah, but because the opportunity to march on with your band in front of your crowds, you know, you have supporters there, of course, as well, but also in front of the appointed chieftain and the bigwigs of the day as well, also can be, a, you know, a point of pride for a lot of bands as well. So there is that. I do understand March pasts have been a real bone of contention over the years, especially this past year, where, as you say, the World Championship March Pass did tick just over three hours, I think, uh, from the very beginning when the first band marched on, uh, and that was the centre bands, and then, yeah, three hours later, you know, but by the time they get everybody packed in, they started the speeches, uh, all of that. Everyone was pretty exhausted by that point, you know? But everyone was just running on pure adrenaline because there was an opportunity of lifting a major there. So everyone was on tender hooks waiting for the results. So I guess that's one of the big motivators to keep people in that, you know, arena, I guess, is to, well, if you leave, you're not going to find out who wins. So <laughs> I just don't know. See, this March Pass thing, we've been talking about this now on the show for quite a number of weeks. Weekly drones, we've been getting a number of them now. So whoever that weekly droner was, thank you for your thoughts and your suggestions. I'm just not completely convinced that that would work. Uh, but, you know, we have received a wealth of ideas on how to fix the March past. All right. Now, one person has suggested, uh, this was quite an ingenious idea, I thought. But one, one thing that takes a lot of time is whenever the prizes are read out and they're announced, all right, is everyone walks up, collects their trophy, Little photograph, shaky hands, oh, pat on the back, on you go. And you have to do that for all six prizes, including prizes for piping and for drumming. And in some cases, you get prizes for bass section as well, M&D. And all of that takes time. Everybody has to go up, shaky hand, photo for the press, you know, 
that does that takes time and some bands also delay in sending up a representative to go and pick up a trophy if they have won uh, so that also kind of causes a bit of a log jam where everyone's standing around waiting on come on who's getting the third place trophy oh they're still shouting and cheering come on come up here and get your trophy we're all waiting on you Meanwhile, everybody else just has to wait. Uh, so that whole process of the actual collecting of the trophy, the photograph for the press, and all of that, that does take time. And there has been chat about possibly streamlining that and making it more efficient, a little better, I guess, and you know, helping it move along as quickly as possible, while also giving people their opportunity for their moment to shine. You know, That moment of being up on the stage and lifting the Jubilee Trophy and Banner Absolutely is an iconic moment, but, you know, stepping up there and lifting any trophy in any grade is absolutely an iconic moment for that band, that individual. So it is, it's one of those things, do you kind of steal time away from that moment and make less of it, or do you let it exist as it is? It's a very difficult one, isn't it? So, yeah, (laughs) I don't know. I dare say we're going to get more listener mail on this, but how do you fix the March Pass problem? Now, it's also been suggested that the way it's done in the US is possibly a good working solution that shows you that it can be done quickly. Now, I thankfully have actually been a part of this. I was in the Stone Mountain Highland Games years ago now at this point, 2019, and I seen how they did it. They bring on like five or ten bands at a time. They bring them all on at once. So you all march in together. You're all playing one big mass band score one big tune, and you're you're there. You know, you just walk in, and that's it. And they just list off the bands. Right, that was this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And that, that's it. Everyone gets a shout. Everyone gets an opportunity to march on in front of people. Everyone gets a chance to play something. And, you know, and then you're there. You stand there, you get your prizes, you go home. But the march in process does, yeah, it takes, what, 10 minutes, I guess? It takes a pile of uh, organizing to get everybody into the correct ranks. That's a bit of a, a mission and a half. Uh, but whenever we were there in Stone Mountain, we had Kevin Conquest looking after us, and he was an absolute pro. He said, right, stand there, don't move. And that was it. You do exactly what Kev says, you know. <laughs> uh, but Kevin, real professional, and yeah, was really efficient in getting us all uh, levered through there. And so the United States way of doing it, honestly, I think is a shining example, and I don't know. I think we have tried it here in Northern Ireland, and it did work to various different degrees of success. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Perhaps it's a model we could look at for future competitions. I don't know. The March Pass problem. It's something that we're going to continue talking about here on the Big Rab Show pod. I have no doubt. Until the season approaches us next year, yeah, it's one of those ones. So if you do have your own suggestions, of course, email them into us, bigrabshow at gmail.com, or you can send on your own weekly drone and let us know your ideas. How do you believe we can make March Pasts more efficient? Yeah, it's an interesting one, uh, but not not an easy one to solve. Yeah. All right, well, you've lasted this long in the pod. It's time to fly on. It's time for What's the Crack? Do you wish piping could be fun again? Bagpipers around the world continue to struggle with their instrument, despite hours of hard work trying to get better. Bagpiping should be fulfilling. Your hard work should pay off, showing improvement and the freedom to express yourself musically. Or why do it? 
The Dojo University believe every piper should be able to free themselves from musical frustration. Proven over more than a decade of successful teaching and accessible anywhere with an internet connection, the Dojo is unlike any other bagpipe learning experience in the world. Let the Dojo channel your enthusiasm into a fun and fulfilling program that will empower you with the knowledge to fall in love with piping all over again. So go to dojouniversity.com forward slash big grab and take advantage of our 30-day free trial of Dojo Premium Membership. Join the global community of students today and rediscover the fun of bagpiping. dojouniversity.com forward slash big grab for a 30-day free trial. What's the crack this week? Rob, what's the crack this week? Hi Rob, what's the crack this week? 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 Hey Rob, what's the crack this week? Yes indeed, time for what's the crack. And uh, yeah... Let's talk about that article that come from pipestrums.com talking about the possibility of only having two majors this season. Hmm, we'll talk about it. We also have the results from the Sunbelt Invitational event. Oh, that was exciting. We also had the first Sandy Jones Memorial Amateur Invitational uh, competition as well, and we've got results from that too. This weekend, November the 18th, sees the Levy International Solo Drumming Invitational. That's all happening this weekend. Very excited to talk about that. Oh, that's going to be a corker. So, enough of me delaying at this point. Some big stories to hit this week, so let's get into it. Let's get into all the news and updates then, shall we? McLennan Bagpipes by North Carolina artisan instrument maker Roddy McLennan from Euston, Scotland. Proud supplier of bagpipes, small pipes and chanters to Ali the Piper. One-of-a-kind instruments, crafted from the finest materials, using traditional skills for more than 30 years. Attention to detail and dedication to the highest standards of quality guarantee you a bagpipe which is more than just a musical instrument, but also a work of art. Custom made for you in a variety of wood with the widest range of profiles in the industry. Repair, restoration, replacement, refurbishment services also available. Check out BespokeBagpipes.com for more information. McLennan Bagpipes. Born in Scotland, made in the USA. Okay, let's talk about the Levy Invitationals, shall we? It's this weekend, and we couldn't be more excited. Ourselves in the Big Rab Show, of course, we will be there, and... uh, (laughs) This event is shaping up to be one of the biggest. I don't know. It sells out every single year, uh, but for good reason. And it's raising tons of money for a charity as well. And uh, yeah, we tell you each year whenever tickets are available and it seems to be the following day, they're gone. It's a bit crazy. Uh, But the lineup has changed somewhat uh, over recent uh, days, actually. Uh, We managed to publish a bit of an update there on November 7th, uh, where the update, yeah, it all, it's moving and shaking. All right, so let's go through it. Uh, for the MSR competition, we have Glenn Crichton, Tommy McAndrew, Craig Fullerton, 
Ryan King, Simon Grant, Les Galbraith, uh, Darren Brown, Mackenzie Forrest. We had Cameron Spence, Callum Burns, Kerr McQuillan, and Cam Lawson. Yeah, there you go. And then, so, yeah, for the freestyle competition, again, we have Simon Grant, Tommy McAndrew, Darren Brown, Greg Fullerton, Callum Burns, Mackenzie Forrest, Glenn Crichton, uh, Ryan King, Les Galbraith, Kerr McQuillan, Cam Lawson, and Cameron Spence. There you go. So that's your draw for both of those events. So MSR and Freestyle. Now, what makes this event interesting this year is that they've added a brand new dynamic to it. That not only will the drummer be judged, all right, because it is a competition. <laughs> so not only will the drummer be judged, but also the performance of their piper. Yes, there's a piping judge involved in this now too. So that's going to be a very interesting dynamic there. Especially for the freestyle competition. We have seen some really creative performances over the years. And we can't wait to see what this year is going to bring. So for those of you interested, of course, for well, for anybody who hasn't got a ticket and won't be in the crowd for the Livy Invitationals, then don't worry. Ourselves here on The Big Rab Show, we will be there, of course. And uh, we won't be live, but we will be filming for upload. So we will be presenting that on our YouTube channel at a future date. So for those of you who want to catch all the action at the Livy Invitationals, then be sure to be tuned in to ourselves on The Big Rab Show on YouTube and all of that so yeah that's where all the good stuff will be yeah oh let me live invitationals i can't wait i can't wait all right so let's talk about uh, yeah we have to talk about the pipes drums article all right now this just dropped about 10 minutes before i was about to come out here and record this evening and it seemed to be my phone blew up Oh, ever since this article from pipestrums.com uh, was published, my phone just went boogaloo. Seemed to be every man on their horse was messaging me going, oh, Rob, is this true? Is this true? Now, you might have heard at the start of the show that our word of the week is dates. Yeah, and we're very keen to get dates in the calendar, and we're getting a lot of questions around dates. However, there's not too many in the calendar. Well, <clears throat> we might not have too many dates in the calendar. According to an article uh, published by PipesDrums.com, their headline is Looming Possibility of Only Two Majors yeah, in 2024. Hmm. Now, th- this was kind of previously hinted at. And if you do want to go back, you can read the minutes of the previous board of directors meeting that was back in October 7th, where they did kind of, they hinted at it. They didn't really say it out loud, but they say... That yeah, they cautioned that the 2024 competition season would only see two major championships taking place, and the clock is running down now. Apparently, all city councils and you know all like that, those areas have up now until the end of November to agree their budgets for this incoming year, and that's what we mean that the clock is ticking uh, because here we are now. It's the 15th of November. And so far, we only really have two dates in the calendar, like we were saying earlier. We have the World Championships that's been confirmed, and the other one that has been confirmed but not officially announced yet is the Scottish Championships in Dumbarton. Apparently, they have both been agreed, and yeah, no apparently about it, they have been agreed, and that's it, they're set in stone. So, um, yeah, whenever it comes to the UKs, the Euros, and the British Championships, they have yet to find a home. Yeah. Now, the chat is is that apparently on November 14th, just last night, that there was a meeting held by the Glasgow and West of Scotland branch. And apparently it was attended by the chief exec himself, Colin Mulhern, who relayed the news, apparently, to leaders of the bands in that in attendance, saying 
that apparently there will be a statement coming out shortly on this situation, and it'll come from head office in the end of November. According to several sources, now this is on the Pipes Drums article, it says, according to several sources to the matter, Mulhern reported at the meeting that the association is in discussions with four potential locations, but there are no commitments yet. Now that's not good. Now, and he also was quoted as saying here, if nothing surfaces before the end of the year, it's less likely that a local council will access sizable funding for a 2024 event. And yeah, I don't know, that really doesn't bode well, does it? Apparently, there is, I don't know, this is me reporting rumor now. This is unconfirmed, but apparently the, the asking price to host a major championship is in the hundreds of thousands of pounds. So whenever they're going to the likes of these city councils and everything saying, hey, we want to host the British Championships here. And they go, okay, great. That sounds like a brilliant idea. How much do you want? How much will it cost us to run? Um, 150 grand. What? Right. So if, if we're paying 150 grand, what do we get for our money? What are we paying for? What, you know, how does it cost 150 grand? And apparently the RSPBA are unable to provide a full itemized cost list as to, right, this is how much for the port this is how much for the security, this is how much for the, you know, merry-go-rounds for the kids, whatever. Apparently they can't give an, a complete itemized list. Now this is all detailed in the Pipestorms article. It does get into the woods here a little bit, into the cost of running championships and how that the cost has risen over the years especially post-pandemic, but uh, yeah, the commentary that we've seen online, especially in our comment section on the Big Rab Show, uh, is that they're making comparisons with like the Kyle Games. Yeah, a lot of people talking about how the Kyle Games just got more expensive each year and eventually became unsustainable, and that's why they lost the, the major championship. That can be completely wrong. I'm not entirely sure. I am just reporting what's been in our comment section. So that could be stuff that Rap got wrong. Absolutely. But at this point in the season, we are absolutely hungry for dates in the calendar. All right. And this report does not bode well. Whether there is a pile of truth in it or not, we don't know. It is pipesdrums.com reporting from an insider. Apparently, there's an, an inside source. Obviously, he doesn't have to disclose who his source is, uh, but uh, it doesn't bode well. And a lot of people are bitterly disappointed with this. Uh, yeah. Imagine having a season with just two major championships in it. Eesh, I don't know. I, I think it's, I don't know if it's in the rule book or anything, or is it in their, I don't know, their terms of reference that they have to provide so many majors per season? I don't know. That might be something I've read and completely got wrong. But uh, yeah, to have a competitive season next year in 2024 with just two major championships, yikes. I don't know. I really hope that this is just, again, reporting on rumour and stuff that is just still in the works. Because we do have until the end of November, until we do manage to secure funding for these council areas. And they may well say, well, hey, right, we've got 200 grand sitting in the kitty there. We can absolutely host a major championship in our town, city, location, whatever. But... uh yeah, it does pose the question as well, then why not outsource these competitions to outside companies? Yeah, it's been suggested before. I think um, 
you know, similar to the Glasgow Life that run the World Championships. They're an outside promoter, an uh, independent contractor that do host the Worlds each year. RSPBA are the facilitator facilitator of that, but Glasgow Life are the company that actually run it, and they put it on each year. So could that be something RSPBA could explore for other major championships, you know, outsourcing it to other companies for certain areas? Don't know. But uh, at this point, we are now mid-November, and we have two dates in the calendar for majors, and we're hoping on hope that we get another three. So, folks, don't worry. We will keep across all of this. Please don't pay too much attention to all of the online commentary. There is a lot of it. There's a lot of uh, what I like to call dung-flinging. Uh, there's a lot of that happening as well. Uh, but I would kind of urge people to keep cool heads and hope on hope that this statement that we're about to receive from HQ at the end of the month will be good news. I'm always the optimist. Maybe that's my biggest problem. Uh, but, you know, there are some people who are absolutely pessimistic about this situation and things just seem to be going from bad to worse to worse. And, uh, yeah, we can see that happening. Absolutely. But we do believe every cloud does have a silver lining. Uh, will this be the catalyst now for change, perhaps? I don't know. That's also been suggested in some of our online commentary, uh, where a lot of people are so bitterly disappointed uh, with having just possibly two major championships that will this now be the driving factor for people to attend annual general meetings? And perhaps, yeah, we'll see a shake-up in the management of the branch. Or the, not, uh, not the branch. They might see a shake-up in headquarters. There you go. I just about got my words out. Uh, but, yeah, I was reading... You must attend your branch meeting in my script. So that's what stuck that word in my head. Uh, so, yeah, that's my advice. If you're anyway concerned about this and uh, having only two major championships in the calendar, then absolutely have your voice heard at your local branch level and then also have your voice heard at headquarters level when the AGM rolls around. There you go. That's all I'm going to say. That's where these big decisions are made. So if you do want to affect change, that's where you go and do it. Yes, make your voice heard, cast your vote, and all of that kind of good stuff. Yeah. So will this be a catalyst for change? Don't know. It's really bitterly disappointing if it is only going to be two majors. We'll say that. Uh, but we are hoping that this is just, yeah, it's a work in progress. We do have up until the end of November, a couple of weeks now, but the clock is ticking. And the pressure is on the RSPBA bigwigs to get everything in line to have a season ready for us. So... We're holding on to hope. I'm the optimist. I am the eternal optimist. I reckon, yeah, we'll have five majors, no bother, and we'll all meet each other in Glasgow for the Worlds at the end of the season, and we'll celebrate together. And then you'll all go, ha, Rob, I remember when you said you were worried. Ha, <laughs> ha, do you remember that? And we'll laugh about it. Either that or I'll get emails about it saying, stop, but Rob got drunk. Yep, and I'll look forward to them. BigRabShow at gmail.com. <laughs> So yeah, go and check out that article. It's up on pipestrums.com now. It doesn't bode well. Two major championships for this incoming season set in stone. Will we see more? Don't know. As far as ourselves here in Northern Ireland are concerned, however, uh, apparently our domestic calendar is well underway. Apparently there's lots of arranging going on behind the scenes and domestically for our minor championships here in Northern Ireland, we're in a good spot. There you go. Apparently other branches throughout Scotland are in a similar position as well. They're all, you know, busy, furiously planning away in their minor competitions and all coming together quite well. There's been no complaints there. That's just the major championships and headquarters appear to be struggling to get agreement there from council areas. Is the price too high? Is the investment not worth it for some areas? Just don't know. 
have to wait and see. Anyway, dedicated a lot of time to that topic. That's possibly a full topic of the week right there. But uh, yeah, go and check out that article at your leisure. All right. Okay, let's fly on. Uh, well, I want to talk about the Sunbelt Invitational Competition that took place. Yes, this was back in November the 11th, of course, in Florida. And the overall winner on the day was Bruce Gandhi. <laughs> great stuff yeah what a fantastic competition see the lineup actually well callum bowman was there glenn brown alistair henderson wally mccallum angus d mccall ian k mcdonald donald mcphee connor sinkler alan tully and then of course the winner as well bruce gandy yeah so talk about a lineup Wow. So, yeah, Bruce managed to lift the professional Peabrook overall. Second was Callum Beaumont. Ian K. McDonald was third. Glenn Brown, fourth. Fifth was Willie McCallum. There you are. The professional medley then went to Callum Beaumont. Yeah. And second was Bruce Gandy. So, Bruce obviously must have lifted it then on Peabrook preference. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, the Linda McBride Memorial Amateur MSR went to Tom uh, Candelocalosi. Candelosi. There you go. I could just about pronounce your name there, Tom. Apologies. Uh, the David Bailiff Memorial Amateur Peabrook Competition again went to Tom Candelosi. There you go. I'm probably pronouncing your name terribly wrong. Apologies, Tom. But there you go. A double header there. Winning the MSR and the Peabrook as well. Good stuff. So for more information, of course, on the winners, I'm not having read all of them there, but uh, there's quite a list here. Uh, so the Sunbelt Invitational Piping Competition, uh, full results are available now on bagpipe.news. You can go and check those out. Yeah. So those two prizes there, I mentioned there that Tom won. That was part of that first Sandy Jones Memorial Amateur Invitational competition that we mentioned in What's the Crack. So it was all kind of incorporated within the one event. Uh, two separate events. Uh, so, hey, there you go. A bit of confusion there on my part, but, hey, a great competition all the same. Yeah. So well done to everybody involved there. A lot of great pipe and action there at the Sunbelt competition. And as I say, go and check out the full details on bagpipe.news. There you are. So, this past weekend was Remembrance Weekend, especially on Remembrance Sunday, where a lot of pipers and drummers and pipe bands all across the UK were marking events across the country uh, for Acts of Remembrance. We have to say a particular highlight of ours that we noticed online was the Rathryland and District Mast Pipes and Drums that performed at Windsor Park in the halftime of a football game. And, yeah, that attracted bands from all across Northern Ireland to be a part of that. Uh, so, yeah, we've shared out a lot of performances, a lot of cenotaphs, a lot of... Uh, yeah, parades of towns and everything. There's so many bands all across the UK that were involved in Acts of Remembrance, not just here in the UK as well, but also internationally as well. So shout out to all of you. We did do our best to share out as many performances as possible. And uh, so, yeah, thank you, everyone, for also sending in Rab Show selfies and all of that. So we've done what we could to share out everything over the course of Remembrance Weekend. And that's to give you all a shout out if you were involved in any piping action, of course, over the weekend at all. Yeah. There you are. Uh, so we have to move on. Another news story then. Uh, Lincoln Hilton and Modern Piping. Yeah, mdpiping.com. They have released a brand new volume. Yes, volume 37. Now, this is the first volume actually released just after the World Championships. So, uh, yeah, there's some big tunes in here. Mm, yeah, I'm from some big names as well. So you're definitely going to want to grab a copy of this because, well, there's one tune in particular here that I'm going to want to get my mitts on. Um, yeah, let's talk about Yeah, It's Lincoln Hilton's tune, Halo. Yeah, the Halo... Now, um, whenever I mention Halo, people out there who are video game uh, people will know exactly what I'm talking about. It is a video game. It's a first-person shooter on the Xbox. Uh, I've never played it myself. Um, but, yeah, the music for it. 
there's quite a distinctive theme. Well, Lincoln himself has actually turned this into a pipe tune. And it was famously uh, performed there recently in August by the Simon Fraser University Pipe Band. Uh, So, yeah, go and check that out. Uh, So, it's all there now, volume 37. Tunes in there from Lincoln Hilton. Uh, We have Alistair McLaren as well, Scott Wallace, Bridget Campbell. Uh, We have Dougie McLean as well and Alex Gandhi. There's quite a list here. So, yeah. Go and check it out for yourself. The full list of names on tunes available in this volume is definitely worth adding to your collection. Yeah, especially if you're a Lincoln Hilton fan. So go and check it out. mdpiping.com, volume 37, is available now. You can go and catch it. Good stuff. Okay, I have to briefly mention, uh, now I know we haven't done dates for your diary for a bit, but we might introduce that next year as more dates start to fill our calendar. But there's a new one, uh, 17th of November, just this upcoming weekend, the Lewis and Harris Piping Society are hosting a father and son piping recital by Angus D and Angus John McCall. Yeah. So for more information on this, uh, say 17th of November, half seven, it's going to be held in Stornoway. So if you are in that area, then why not go along and enjoy quite an amazing piping recital? Yeah. So check it out. The Lewis and Harris Piping Society and their father and son piping recital. And uh, yeah, it's not really a news story because we've already talked about it on the show. But I just wanted to remind you again that the Belfast International Tattoo, the tickets are available right now. They're now released uh, they're not pre-order anymore, so they're now available. Uh, you can go to the BelfastInternationalTattoo.com and go and grab them, or you can go to the SSE Arena box office and grab them there. Wouldn't make for a good Christmas gift. Hint, hint. There you go. <laughs> but that's going to be held next year on the 6th and 7th of September, and you have three performances to pick from there. And trust me, if this year's Belfast Tattoo is anything to go by, next year's is going to be bigger and better. So, yeah, shout out to the Belfast International Tattoo. Another bit of a shameless plug, but just wanted to remind you, because so many people missed this year's. I have no idea why it was completely sold out. You couldn't get tickets for it. So avoid disappointment, folks. Grab your tickets early. I know it's not until September next year, but trust me, get your tickets, put them in your back pocket, and then you'll have them, and then you'll catch the show next year. So there you go. 6th and 7th of September, Belfast International Tattoo. Yeah, tickets are available now. Go and grab them. I also want to give a bit of a shameless plug. Well, seeing how we're doing, shameless plugs. I have to mention Kyle Howe. Yes, it's November, of course. So Kyle is back doing his fundraising for November. He's doing his tune a day. I'm sure everybody who's subscribed to Kyle on YouTube and that, well, let's face it, you should be already. Uh, But yeah, he's doing his tune a day challenge and he's raising money for the Movember charity. So if you'd like to head along, check out his YouTube channel and yeah, why not drop him a little donation as well? Fantastic stuff. So shout out to Kyle. Uh, So yeah, go and check him out. Kyle Howe on YouTube. You should already be subscribed. Come on. I've plugged him that many times. If you're not subscribed already, what are you doing? But yeah, he's doing his tune a day as well as growing a handsome mustache. And do, do you know, by this stage, Kyle's been doing this for a few years now. He's raised a serious amount of money for charity. But at the end of it, I really do think he suits a moustache. You know, I really do. I've said it to him before. Um, but I think at the end of November, each time he does shave it off, I think he should keep it. You know? Yeah, I don't know. If anybody else out there is doing any fundraising for the Movember charity, uh, yeah, give us a shout and we'll give you a bit of a plug here in the Rab Show. Why not? Well, seeing how we're talking about November and everything, uh, well, I am very aware that the piping season is about to start ramping up down under, especially in New Zealand, where they're yeah they're already starting to show signs of hitting the grass. Now, according to PipesDrums.com, they recently recorded an interview with Liam Kernahan, of course, of the New Zealand... Bra- or, or in RNZPBA, 
I just about talk the night. Um, but yeah, go and check out that video actually, where Liam does talk about the you know the state of the piping scene currently in New Zealand, and it's in a very healthy place. So he does talk about the season kicking off good and proper in New Zealand now within the next week or two. And so yeah, very exciting times. So if anybody listening to the show right now is aware of the dates in the calendar for the New Zealand season. Please do get in contact with us. We'd love to know when these events are happening. And then, of course, be able to draw people's attention to them. Uh, So if there are any video footage, any live streams, of course, we know the New Zealand Nationals are coming up. Uh, So, yeah, if you have any of that information to hand, please do send it on to us. BigRabShow at gmail.com. We would love to give it a bit of a shameless plug wherever possible. So, yeah, help support the piping scene down there in New Zealand. Yeah. Now, listening to the interview held with Liam Kernahan, yeah, we have to agree. It's in an extremely healthy place right now. You know, we live-streamed the New Zealand Young Piper of the Year competition, and it was so successful. Some of those performances, man, oh, they were just incredible. And if you haven't caught that live-stream, by the way, you can go back and watch it all. It's on our YouTube channel. Uh, the Young New Zealand Piper of the Year is a stellar competition and really displays the wealth of talent there in New Zealand. Uh, so, yeah, I can't wait for the New Zealand season to open its doors. There'll be a lot of great piping action, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, we just want to know where and when and all of that stuff so where, when we can join in. So, yeah, let us know. BigRabShow at gmail.com to our New Zealand listeners. Let us know any dates for your diary. Okay. Another date for your diary. Uh, the B-Must Piping Degree students. Uh, yeah. They're going to be holding a, yes, a piping degree showcase. I love this. They hold this every year. And the piping students that are, you know, studying for degree in bagpiping, this is such a treat, honestly. (laughs) So, yeah, shout out to the National Piping Centre. For more information on this, go to the National Piping Centre's website. It's going to be held on the 4th of December at 7pm in the National Piping Centre. Now, whether there'll be details of any online portion of this, where you can tune in and watch it online, Hasn't been anything announced just yet. I really hope that there will be because they have managed to live stream it in previous years. And it, yeah, it's such a treat. You know, such a wealth of great talent coming through that BMUS Piping Degree program. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. So there you go. 4th of December in the National Piping Centre. Tickets are available if you want to attend in person. They're a tenner. Uh, but yeah, go and check out the National Piping Centre's website for further information. And yeah, here's hoping that there will be an online element from it. So yeah, I'd be really interested to tune in to watch that. There you go. Okay, so before we get into this week's topic and everything, there's a couple of other stories I just want to get kind of levered in here. I have to give a shout out to Livingston Caledonia Pipe Band. Yeah, they're running a bit of a prize draw at the moment. Yeah, would you like to win two brand new sets of Mar bagpipes? Yes, please. Absolutely. Uh, Well, yeah, as part of their fundraising prize draw, then that's the prize on offer. Two brand new sets of bagpipes from Mar Bagpipes. Why not? So, hi, I, I don't know. They're a brand new pipe band. They're trying to get themselves established and pay for things like uniforms, drums, instruments of all kinds. Uh, so, hi, they're giving away two sets of Mar Bagpipes. So, they absolutely need your help for fundraising, for one. But, hey, this prize... Wow. So go and check it out. You can go and have a look at Mar Bagpipes online. Of course, it's been shared out, of course, on the Big Rab Show. We've put it out there plenty of times. And there's loads of ways for you to get involved. All you have to do is like and share and drop, you know, there's possible donations is available as well. Tons of ways for you to enter this competition. There you go. So go and check it out. Mar Bagpipes and the Livingston Caledonia Pipe Band doing a spot of fundraising there. Uh, so there you go. Go and support a worthy cause and possibly win yourself some, yeah, spanking brand new bagpipes class 
And our last little news story is that the IPBA are holding a workshop for pipers and drummers. Yes, the Irish Pipe Band are holding a regional part day seminar. Now, this is for grade 5 and grade 4B uh, band members specifically. And also, it's available for non-competing or non-registered band members. Uh, So, yeah, and this will all be teaching things like... Yeah, like maintenance, you know, pipes and drums, maintenance, how to change heads, change reeds, how to maintain your pipes and everything. So say this is aimed at non-competing bands and for grade 5 or 4B bands. This will all be held on the 26th of November, yeah, in uh, the band hall in, yeah, Super Value Car Car Park in Matt Talbot Road in Tralee. There you are. For more details, you can go and check out the IPBA socials. They've published it all up there, including your times for all your sessions and everything. Along, I think apparently there'll be a question and answer session as well available. Uh, so this is all being arranged through the Munster branch uh, of the IPBA. But for full info, go to the IPBA on their socials where they've been plugging it now for a little while. So just wanted to mention it now. Uh, so if you are interested in, in that area in Tralee, then that's available. 26th of November. Yeah, that's quite an interesting initiative there. Good stuff. Shout out to the Munster branch. Good stuff. All right. Okay, you've waited long enough. We finally got through all the news and updates, we reckon. There's bound to be stuff that we've missed, of course, and stuff that I've Rob got wrong. Uh, but we'll gloss over that, won't we? And we'll, yeah, it's time for me to go and get a big cup of tea. It's time for the topic of the week. Wallace Bagpipes. Quality, pride and passion. Made in Scotland. Proud bagpipe supplier to the Red Hot Chili Pipers. Visit wallacebagpipes.com for more information or contact your nearest dealer. Ah, yes. Topic of the week time. And you might have guessed by the title of this week's episode who exactly we're chatting to. Yeah, Ali North, the bass drummer with Simon Fraser University Pipe Band. Now, before we get into it all, uh, I have to say that Ali really only stepped into that role just last year. Yeah, lifting the bass drum with SFU. And we all know what happened last year with the drum corps. Yeah, they walked away world champions. And of course, they won it again this year as well. So Ali has definitely made that role her own, and yeah, it's a fascinating story. So I'm so glad she took time to sit down and chat with us all so we can hear all about it. So enough of me slabbering into this point. <laughs> let's get into the interview. So let's welcome Ali to the Big Rab Show podcast. Ali, how are you? I'm good, Rob. How are you? The very best. I have to be honest, I'm kind of starstruck. Here. I've been a fan for the longest time. It's great to finally chat with you. Yeah, I'm really excited. I was so excited to be able to bump into you uh, at Worlds this last year. And then now here I am. <laughs> yeah, oh, we had to grab a selfie of the moment too. Yeah, absolutely. So, right, I've got so many questions, bass drumming orientated and everything, all your work with SFU, all of it. But first of all, I want to hear a little bit about your background. First of all, on piping and drumming. How did you first get started? So I first started um, just by happenstance uh, back in 2007. My family, who has no Scottish background whatsoever, uh, we're actually predominantly Polish. Um, And we just randomly said, let's go to this Highland Games thing. No idea what it is. Let's try it out. Let's go to it. So we went to it. My brother had been trying for years to get into some sort of music, hadn't really found something that worked. Um, I've been playing music since I was eight years old. I started on piano, then went to clarinet, did bassoon, 
Um, and at the time when we were going, I was actively playing bassoon and trombone and getting geared up for auditions to college. Um, we bumped into uh, Northwest Junior Pipe Band, had a, uh, a little tent at the, sh uh, at the games. And they signed up my brother for bagpipes because they figured after he had tried out all of these other instruments that clearly bagpipes was the next, you know, iteration of trying out. Yeah, music. that's the obvious so, choice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Definitely <laughs> the easiest instrument. Let's stick them on that. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I really wanted to learn. They said, nope, you got to focus on your college stuff. Nah, you know, teenager wouldn't listen to them. So I, you know, would go along to the lessons and I bumped into what um, ultimately became my teacher, Marcy McCory. Uh, who gave me a couple tenor sticks and said, here, can you do some flourishes? I'm like, uh, sure. Yep. So just kind of did some flourishes. She goes, great. You can read music. I'm like, yep. She's like, okay, great. We're going to Scotland this year. Uh, and I need another tenor drummer for my core. So I was part of wow. the very first, uh, <laughs> trip that Northwest Junior took to Scotland in 2008, uh, where we played in, I believe it was novice juvenile. And I think we got, it was either sixth or fifth, um, in our group. Uh, yeah, that, I do remember the band actually yeah. placing in the prizes. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. Um, so I went from zero to competing in a grade four pipe band in three months. Um, wow. And then <laughs> did That's all fast. of that. Yeah. I only got one more year eligibility as a junior player uh, before graduating out of the band. And then I started playing with our memorial organization the next year in their grade three. Yes. Uh, still on tenor. Um, I had been trained from the get-go as uh, a bass drummer as well. Um, cause that way in the event that our bass drummer wasn't able to make something, I could go and play bass. I see. Um, yeah. so I went to RMM still on tenor. I was part of that group in 2012 that went to worlds that then won the grade three event and was promoted to grade two. Um, and then in 2017, I finally got the opportunity to switch full time to bass, uh, which was the best thing that I could hope for. Um, I'd always loved bass, but just never had the opportunity to actually compete on bass. Little gigs here and there, but nothing, you know, permanent because yeah. there's only one bass per band. So you got to kind of wait. Um, but since RMM is part of the SFU organization, um, I've been with the organization as a whole since 2010. So I was, had for a long time been kind of around the SFU group. Yeah, I see. And then I think... I was reading the program actually from your concert generations and it did mention in there that you'd stepped into the band just last year in 2022. Yes. Yeah. Like, what an introduction. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So coming out of COVID, um, SFU's uh, bass drummer before then decided that they're ready to step away. So they had an interim bass drummer for the 2022 year um, who had been a long time uh, player as a tenor drummer with the band. Um, she unfortunately had a back injury, um, that became much more apparent that it was really impacting her ability to carry the drum and everything like that, um, much later into the season. So Reed got a hold of me 75 days before worlds and said, I need a backup bass drummer. <laughs> 75 days. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. So it was the end of May <laughs> and he said, all right, I need you to learn all the sets. Um, just in case, you know, we want you to basically be yeah. the backup goalie to a hockey team where you probably won't play but you're ready to go in a moment's notice I'm like okay got it no problem yeah so uh i was at, also still competing with rmm2 at the time as well uh, on base so we kind of finished out the season early for them in order for me to focus on sfu um yeah. because we knew just in case like we wanted to make sure that sfu was going to be healthy going into worlds just in case yes. um by chance also again 
in all of the weird string of events, uh, Northwest Junior was going to Scotland that year. And so I was already going with them as one of the instructors because <laughs> I have since 2015 come back and have been teaching with Northwest Junior. Yes. So yeah. I was going to Scotland anyways, and that wasn't even part of Reed's plan originally. It was just supposed to be, I was just supposed to kind of learn the music and fill in here and there. And I was like, oh, well, I'm also going to World, so I'll be around. You'd be there anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so I spent my whole summer doing nothing but practicing. Um, my Saturdays in particular, I think I was practicing, you know, eight to 10 hours a day. <laughs> oh, wow. That's <laughs> to a To make lot. sure I had all that music. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, so we got to Worlds, and um, then unfortunately, the bass drummer got COVID the Wednesday before Scotland. Uh, before oh, no. Um, I was going to ask what happened then. Yeah, yeah it's so, never good news, you know, if you have to right. bring a backup in. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it all worked out that, um, you know, I was around. <laughs> I was in but, the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, so they had me fill in on bass on the Wednesday and hadn't told me yet. They just kind of were like, all right, you go play for the day. So I was practicing all day long. That was the first time, uh, particularly that video that came out of us on the green. Um, yeah, we found that. That was, that. <laughs> that was my very first time in yeah. Scotland on the bass for SFU. <laughs> we were so excited by that. We were wondering, who's yeah. that? And that, yeah, but there you go. That was your first run with the band actually on the park. Uh, I mean, I had been on the uh, the base a couple of times um, when we were back home, um, and I mm. did actually get the chance to play two runs at our last Highland Games before we went to uh, to Scotland, just in case. Right. I very gently bullied my way into saying, "Could I get a run, maybe two, at <laughs> Seattle before we head out, just in case, because I need yeah. for something to happen." And then my first run is at the green, and that would be just like could be a train wreck. I want to avoid that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As I was sort of sitting there thinking, you know, I don't have a lot of time to be ready for Worlds, but the very minimum, I don't want to let the band down. However, no. that works out. Yeah. So. <laughs> so stepping into that role in one of the biggest weeks in piping and then to walk away with the sash for the first time, that's bound yep. to have been an, an intense period of time for you, Ali. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I... <laughs> At the same time, honestly, I had a lot of kind of imposter syndrome for the last year because it sort of felt like I had handed in the group project with my name on it. Everyone had put in all this work ahead of time. I stepped in the last 48 hours and then we get the sash. So mm -hmm. I kind of had this moment of, did I really truly earn it? So actually coming back this last year and securing it again was really, really, really affirming for me to know, yeah, it's you learned it it's okay it's deserved <laughs> yeah absolutely well i have to say i know i can understand those feelings you know as you say you stepped in at a last moment there but listening to the performances uh of sfu especially from a drumming perspective outstanding it's been so enjoyable listening to you guys um so i need to talk about your drumming then clearly you have a musical background because you have your own sort of musical voice in there um, your approach to bass drumming then uh, how do you approach it then from a musical standpoint is it rhythm first music first combination of both well you know obviously I, I get my scores from from Reed and then you know first I take a look at them and I'm listening you know the way that I was trained even from the get-go by Marcy was you can't ever hope to understand any of the midsection scores unless you know the snare part and the piping part period because right. we are the link between the two groups um, and so if you don't know both parts, 
then you shouldn't be in the circle. <laughs> so um, yeah, sound advice. Yeah. So, so uh, Marcy always taught me, and it's what I teach my students as well. She also still teaches in the Northwest Junior um, that you need to be able to hum the piping parts, and you should be able to kind of, in your own way, sing the snare part. Like you should know how it goes, so that way, regardless if you're joining the pipers and the snares aren't there, or you're joining the snares and the pipers aren't there, you can immediately just jump in and know where you are. There you go. Yeah, no, that's really sound advice. Now, uh, there's plenty of bass drummers I've played with throughout the year who just see their role as like a metronome. I'm there to keep time. Yeah. But I think what we're finding now, especially in the upper grades, grade one, grade two, grade three, even we're starting to see bass drummers develop their own voice and sound. Is that something that you actively worked on yourself, Ali? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, yes, we are sort of the metronome. We're the heartbeat of the pipe band. We have this big, low, booming sound. Yeah. Um, but we're not just playing notes, we're playing music. And we have to always keep that in mind that even if at the end of the day, you're hitting all four beats of the Strass Bay and it's just one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, <laughs> you can do a lot more with it than just monotonously playing four beats. That's it. Yeah. Um, you know, I took a lot of my inspiration from Catherine Taws. Um, now Catherine Martoni. Um, but, uh, you know, so when I was first trying to figure out what my personal style was, I would just sit there and watch endlessly videos of anything I could find of her, um, to yeah. figure out you know, how was she hitting this? Where was she hitting this? What's the sound she's getting that sort of thing. And really honestly, mostly the arm motion to make sure that I was getting it. Um, cause initially I wanted to be just like her. I mean, she was in my backyard. That's who I grew up watching. Um, you know, even though I started a little bit older age, but that was who I watched and I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. Um, and then over the years, um, it's now morphed into my interpretation of the music. Um, but I still like to hearken back to kind of old school bass drumming where you'll see, um, it's not as common is I do a lot of upward swing motion, Yeah, um, yeah, mm -hmm. which is much more of like old school bass drumming. Um, and so kind of doing a mix of the upstrokes and downstrokes get very different sounds off of your drum. Um, mm -hmm. And so, and it's what I teach my students, particularly for like Strass Bay idiom, is if you just do down, up, up, down, you automatically will get an, a Strass Bay idiom without any effort whatsoever. That's it. You're strong, <laughs> weak, medium, weak. That, that just comes naturally. Yeah. So I have to say the Generations concert, I did mention it earlier, but being in the audience for that was just Amazing. What what was it like being on stage that night, Ali? Um, I mean, I know that you used this word um probably a half million times when you were doing your podcast for the uh, World's Day. Oh, people. the the incredible, <laughs> yeah. incredible, and wow! I think we're the two, there um, you two go. words there. Um, <laughs> but no, it was you know, especially with the Armadillo, a bigger location. Uh, not that you know, yeah, the concert the Royal Concert Hall also would have had the same you know inspiring moment of like oh my gosh i'm on this stage and i'm i'm doing this <laughs> but yeah. there's all these extra tiers that go beyond where you can even see for the armadillo and they just keep going up and up and up with with seats <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. and yeah and just hearing like the roar of the crowd every time we would do a set and you know it still is different playing on a stage than obviously when you're out outside so yeah. um but yeah, no, it was, it was so much fun um, that the time period just whizzed by. Like I was like, oh, it's 11 o'clock at night now. 
<laughs> that's it yeah you guys were total rock stars then at that point i think you know everyone really enjoyed the show but for me musically i think the band were absolutely singing and there was a few highlights for me that i want to talk to you about um that wasn't really unpacked as part of the show sort of in the program and all the rest and bob did talk about it a bit on stage but what one of the biggest talking points on the night was the desert medley that you guys played Oh my God, the roar of the crowd that come up after that. What was it like playing that? Well, you know, in terms of like the actual music itself, Mm. you know, we we had the score that was written much more traditionally and, you know, from from yesteryear. So, you know, when we were trying to put it together, I had to keep reminding myself, don't do anything fancy. Don't do any, you know, additional stuff. Um, which was kind of nice in a way. I didn't have to like really overthink the set within reason, of course, but it was more of thinking about trying to be respectful of the time period that this medley came from. So Mm. you're having a much more simplified um, structure for the bass part. It's no less impactful. It's just very different than what I currently play. Um, So, you know, it took a little bit for us to get together, you know, the whole thing, because we were so used to, we're so used to doing our SFU thing. And there you go. Was, yeah, we want to be respectful of the time period this set came from, including sticking Reed at the far end. Um, and yep. we purposely picked <laughs> the youngest snare drummers of the core to play. So all the all the yeah. all the individuals that were on the stage outside of Reed were the youngest players in our core, and we purposely did that because of. I the, see. There the you go. That, that was one of the things that we were talking about this afterwards. You know how pipe banders do. We all talk about every single set. But that that was the one that came across as like everyone's favorite. They were like, but it was it sounded like a bit of a time capsule. Like it really took us back on a journey. It was so enjoyable. So the difference from that music then to what we're playing now in the modern day, I don't know. It's just such a different world now, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, the... You know, back then, the thing is, you can actually find, um, I don't know if it's specifically that medley, but one of the medleys from around that same time period from Dysert, Mm. um, they have videos of it online that you can find. And you can see the playing from both the snares, the bass, and the tenor. Um, I think they fielded, I can't remember if it was one or two tenors um, during that. I can't remember now, yeah. Um, yeah. But either way, the tenor and the bass kind of have like these hard, almost like, they look kind of like tenor mallets even for the bass drummer yeah Um, yeah (laughs) and so they have this you know almost kind of like marching band or like dci kind of like hitting style so it's very different yeah than our big huge beaters that we have now so um that's it there was no room for subtlety then with the midsections exactly so So that's one of the things i want to talk about and that's your technique that was really kind of drew my ear this year is your own technique with using like chokes and stuff there is even in points where you change the tone of the drum somehow some sort of magic or witchcraft or i don't know what it is you're doing but i have witchcraft witchcraft, yeah there you go (laughs) i have noticed it is this something that you're bringing in to the bass drum voice now you know these like chokes and rhythm changes that's really unique yeah so I, I have, um, you know, I'm a little bit stuck in my ways in terms of what should or shouldn't be on a like pipe band, band setting bass drum. So I'm personally mm-hmm. not one for like a whole bunch of roughs or a lot of the really crazy stuff. Personally, that's my personal, you know, thing for it. But a few mm-hmm. chokes here and there is an issue. A few rolls here and there isn't an issue. So, you know, you're probably never going to see me do a rough in the middle of, uh, you know, the green. 
but it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that might not happen at some other point in my you know solo <laughs> career, but it's not really uh, as much of a thing for me. But really, um, particularly in terms of the tone that comes off my drum mm. is every note that I play, what I hear in my head is a different pitch. So as far as like when I play, hey. I imagine that my drum can make any number of notes on a, on a scale. Mm -hmm. um, and so that changes how I hit my drum where I'm brushing versus like pulling the note directly out versus up. Um, right. And that changes the pitch for everyone else to hear because I'm hearing it in my head as, oh, I need this note to be higher. I need this note to be lower. I, I need this see. note to be less resonant or more resonant. Um, yes. So incorporating my arms as both a showpiece to like highlight what the music is doing as well as getting a different tone on the drum is always my goal. Oh, fantastic. Well, I have to say it's been an absolute pleasure watching you this year. It's been fantastic. And congratulations on lifting that sash again. Well-deserved. For sure. <laughs> and we moved up two placings as a band, too. We got well, fourth this year, which was very, very exciting as a band. There you go. Yeah, no bad thing by any means. Exactly. It's an ultra competitive group. Uh, oh, I'm sorry that we didn't uh, didn't hit your predictions, though. I know you had us uh, as the fan favorite. So I, I did. I, I did. I do appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, you know, was watching performances leading up to the I thought, hey, these guys are cooking. So, hey, there we go. I gave us a shout. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, I have to get into other questions then. Uh, obviously, uh, with playing the bass drum now, one of the biggest bands in the world, it's you know a big role of responsibility. Uh, but a lot of people look up to you as an inspirational figure. You know, you are a woman, but playing at the top flight, lifting prizes. And a lot of people are now looking to you and possibly lifting the bass sticks for the first time. We're starting to see a lot of female bass drummers coming through now. Is that something you're noticing yourself, Ali? Yeah, um, I would say probably about half of the students that I um, have both in Northwest Junior as well as my private students are women um, for base students. Um, I think it's, I think it's honestly, it starts at the home as well, where people are saying women can do anything that they want to do, which is great. And so you have yeah. these kids that, you know, oh, I wanted to go play bass. Great. Here's a pair of sticks. Let's go. I then, you, you know, as you said, you know, with myself in the position that I am, seeing individuals that look just like you is really, really important. Um, and yeah. so, you know, just the other day we had the open house for Northwest Junior, and the first thing they saw is that half of the instructors are women. And so ah, they there go, you go. Oh, okay, there's people that look like me that I can do the same thing as them because they look like me. Yeah. Um, so. No, it's a, honestly, it's such a great trend at the moment. And we've been noticing, uh, you know, there's been an ongoing discussion, I guess, with the National Piping Centre running a big survey and everything involving women in pipe bands. And ourselves in Rab Show, we've been talking about it too, you know. Why aren't there as many women pipe majors in the world, for example? Uh, but we are starting to see numbers starting to increase now. Uh, so if you don't mind me saying, you are kind of an inspiration for a lot of folk now looking, going, I could do that as well or i want to have a go at that yeah so keep up the good work from that regard ali for sure no thank pressure you, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i have to say i think i mean obviously winning the sash was a huge moment this year but actually one of my favorite moments this year was um there was that photo of me that flashed up on facebook like the friday night um when we were warming up mm -hmm. uh, i think it was from we love pipe bands and um one of the comments on it was from a woman who was tagging another, I'm assuming a girl on it saying, you mm -hmm. see women can play bass drum too. 
Ah, no way. Um, <laughs> oh, like, that's done. brilliant. That is, that's all I care about. I was like, I don't care what the results are for the rest of the weekend. I, I've got that. <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. So then I have to ask you, I do talk to a lot of inspirational people here on the pod, uh, yourself included. So who inspires you and your music then? You did mention earlier on you look up to a particular bass drummer. Is, is there anyone else in the piping scene that you look up to? I mean, I love seeing anybody who is, you know, I mean, other women in pipe bands, of course, um, you know, of course, love seeing any women in pipe bands, particularly at the highest echelons of playing. Um, I love seeing differently abled individuals playing in pipe bands. I love seeing Katie the Wheeled Piper. I love seeing Austin who was playing with St. Thomas this year. And Mm -hmm. I love that these pipe bands are also saying we can have anybody in pipe band because pipe band is supposed to be for everybody. Um, so I love seeing individuals like that out there. They inspire me to keep, to keep going. Um, and then, you know, on top of the women who are competing, those that are actually mothers and expectant mothers on the field, you know, this year, um, in SFU, we actually had one of our tenors was pregnant. She's due in about a month. Um, and that's awesome. I remember a few years ago, Inverary had the same thing. Um, we've had Mm -hmm. pipers in our, in our band as well, who were expectant and were playing at Worlds. And that's awesome that you can yeah. literally gestate a whole human being while also, <laughs> also be out there winning <laughs> awards at the highest levels. So. Absolutely. It is possible. That's it. And as you say, definitely inspirational figures for sure. Yeah. So I have to say a huge thank you for joining us on the show this week. It's been a real pleasure hanging out. Uh, so, But we will be having a future conversation, I think, about uh, women-based drummers. I think this is definitely a trend that we want to see continue rolling into this next season and uh i don't know would you be up for joining us for a chat about that you up for that there you go excellent we'll have to (laughs) gather a whole dose of you together and then talk about bass drumming not a bad thing yeah so i don't know i have to ask about generations again Uh, obviously there's rumors flying around a plenty i'm not going to ask you is there going to be an album or anything Uh, but i have to ask about your favorite moment in the show have you got any particular favorite set um, so first I'll ask, answer the albums bit. The answer is I don't know. Um, I will say though, at least that, yeah, the, honestly, I don't even know yet. I yeah. will say though that, um, I did record the entire thing, um, with Ooh. my fancy, fancy recording stuff. So, um, nice. there are audio clips that exist, but I don't know Ooh. what's going to happen with them. So, um, but I will, okay. I will throw that little carrot out there. We'll see what happens. I have no idea though. There you um, go. Wait and so see. Those, those may stay under wraps, <laughs> but they do exist. <laughs> um in terms of my favorite parts of the concert um probably two of them um or maybe three i'll go for three um one being that my kind of bucket list tune to ever play was beaches of harris and oh come on what (laughs) oh man it it's you know the bass part is certainly nothing you know like crazy or out there or syncopated but it is so key to the to the part uh to the whole yeah Mm-hmm. Um, playing the Cosmos Cascade opener uh, before we rolled into yeah. um, our brand new medley. Um, mm-hmm. And then another one that I'm um, rather partial to is actually the Halo set because I was actually one oh. of the that, that wrote it. Man, that was incredible. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely another highlight for sure. Yeah, the, so, yeah. The setup for it originally um, is just a, a piping piece. Um, mm-hmm. And so the Pipers had started working on it and when I realized that it was supposed to be from the video game, I was like, oh, hold on. There's a whole bunch of drumming in here. And so yep. Alan says, okay, well, <laughs> get me something. I was like, all right, done. 
So I wrote him that drumming part. Um, and then with help, some of the feedback from some of the other guys in the core. Um, and so that, that set was, uh, oh, brilliant. Influenced it the way that I did. So, <laughs> oh, fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. There was way too many highlights in the show. I, we mentioned the Dizer Medley, so many other sets in there. If anyone was there in the audience to see the show, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Such an iconic show. Uh, so, congratulations on that front as well. Yeah. Uh, so, well, rolling forward into 2024 now, um, obviously, uh, SF, are you guys on a bit of a break right now, or are you preparing already for next season? Uh, no, we, we like to take a, a nice good break, um, you know, a combination of it gives uh, individuals time to take actual vacations and do what they want to do. Um, yeah. We start kind of getting back into things, um, usually around in the next month or so, um, sort of depends on the year. Um, yeah. But yeah, in the next month or so, we'll start getting back to it. I'm sure we'll start having having some more conversations sooner rather than later about when we want to get back in and that sort of thing. Um, our first gig is uh, Remembrance Day um, in November. Yeah. Um, so we always start getting stuff going. I see. There you go. Excellent. Well, Ali, again, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. It's been great talking to you. And uh, yeah, thank you for the music. It's been such a great year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure we'll get catching up with you again, no doubt, as we have this other podcast on bass drumming. So we'll have to drag you back in again for that one. So thanks so much, Ali. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. There you are. Shout out to Ali North. Absolutely fantastic interview there. And yeah, really enjoyable. So yeah, we're going to have to get Ali back on a future show for sure. Uh, because we are going to unpack that a little bit, I believe. Uh, so yeah, we'll get into all of that in a future podcast. If you are curious at all and would like to contact us about that or have any comments, queries or questions at all, you can always email us bigrabshow at gmail.com. That address again, bigrabshow at gmail.com. Dot com. Drop us in a line. Yeah, there you are. So that's it for another Big Rab Show pod. We're about to close the doors. As always, don't forget that we do have a Patreon. So you can go and click on support. Get your mitts on loads of extra stuff. There's tons of extras back there. And you also get some early exclusive sneak peeks as well. So, yeah, if you want to see what's to come up in future episodes of the Rab Show pod, then you can go and do that over there on Patreon. There you are. All right, folks, that's it. <sighs> Another show in the can. (laughs) And I am out the door. Thank you everyone for downloading this week. And no doubt we'll catch you here again next week for even more bagpiping shenanigans. Until then, we'll catch you all next week. All the best. Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much for downloading this week. And a special thank you to our sponsor, G1 Reads. Played by bands around the world, they are the champion's choice. Check out g1reads.com for all of your piping needs. Don't forget to check out thebigrabshow.com to be kept up to date with all of the latest news and views from around the piping world. And also, check us out on Patreon. For five bucks a month, you can get your hands on tons of extra piping goodness and be a part of the Patreon faithful. So... Until next week, folks, we'll see you right here on the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best.